Architecture is defined as the art and technique of designing and building. In the words of one of the greatest architects of all time, Antonio Gaudí, nothing is art if it doesn't come from nature. Francis Carrez spent most of his childhood days trying to secure food and water alongside his rural community in Burkina Faso. He was born in 1965 and grew up with no clean water or electricity. Yet he was inspired by the limited natural resources that most people around him had taken for granted, leading him on a journey that will make him one of the world's most renowned architects. The mud bricks, straw roofs, and wooden structures Carreg grew up with helped him develop his exceptional ability to design and create aesthetics. Francis Carre was the first person from his village of Gondo to attend school, where he understood not only the importance of education, but the impact of physical space on students. At the age of 20, Carre went to Germany on a vocational carpentry scholarship, learning to make roofs and furniture while attending secondary school. He was eventually awarded a scholarship at a university in Berlin, graduating in 2004 with an advanced degree in architecture. The Burkina B architect understood how privileged he was and was eager to share his experiences with his community back home. His first project, Gondo Primary School, was handcrafted with local materials by the whole community, just like in the old days. But Carey's talent expanded beyond schools and local communities. His famous designs have popped up from Ouagadougou to Porto Novo and beyond the African continent to Denmark, Germany, Italy, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the United States. This year, Kare became the first African and the first black person to win the most prestigious award in architecture, the Pritzker Prize. It's given to those whose work demonstrates a combination of talent, vision, and commitment along with a significant contribution to humanity. Pritzker Prize winner architect Francis Carré talks to Al Jazeera. Award-winning architect Francis Carré, thank you for talking to Al Jazeera. Congratulations on your award. Uh, you join an elite club of visionaries. Did you ever imagine you'd be in this position? Uh, thank you for the congrats. Uh, no, not at all. Never in my dream I have ever, uh, uh, you know, dreamed to see myself in this uh, group of very high-quality professionals. No, no, I never dream about it. Never. So I feel like, wow. Do you come from a family of designers? I mean, where does your flair for architecture and design come from? No, I have no family member connected to architecture, neither design, no. I'm coming from a family, uh, let's say farming family uh, in Africa, in Burkina Faso. As a kid, I have been going through architecture, let's say basically Scott classroom that was so dark and hot. So I grew up in the hope that one day, if I have a chance to do designing, I will make things better for people. Uh, this is where really the force of my imagination is coming from. You, you touched on your early schooling. Just give us an idea of what your schooling was like, because you were the eldest son, I believe, of 
the local, you might say, village chief or community. Um, and that had in itself some sort of status. But in turn, over the years, you've managed to influence many young people from your community. But what was school life really like for you? How difficult was it? When I was a child, there was no clean drinking water um, in the village. There was no electricity and there was no school. So for this reason, my father um, wanted me to learn how to write and, 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 and read. And that's why he sent me away from the village. So as a kid, I had to, to leave my village, my parents, my community, to be able to learn how to write and read. And so this is my childhood. And then uh, being forced to leave so early, I was living in the um, uh, compound of a relative. Um, and then I was attending school, and this school, it was dark, very hot inside. And we were about one, over 100 kids sitting next to each other. Can you imagine, like, sitting in a bench uh, or a chair, and if you just move like this, nails are coming out. The nails that are, uh, you know, there to fix the chair together will, will also make a hole in your bob. Tom. And so this is how I grew up, and I think in myself, I grew the idea and the ambition that one day, if I have a chance, I should make better places for kids to stay and, and learn how to read and write, and not to sit in the classroom like I experienced as a kid. Those early years of being in the schoolroom, those issues of light and ventilation, obviously lingered with you for a very long time. So when was the, you might say, the light bulb moment when you realised, ah, being an architect is something that would benefit me and could help my community? When did you realise that? I mean, I realised that being an architect can help my community a little bit later, when I grabs a scholarship, to come to Germany and to be further trained as a carpenter because I, at the school, I, I got another scholarship in Burkina Faso to be trained as a carpenter. And so uh, the childhood was, uh, I saw the impact of light. And then I saw in the darkness when we were sitting and there was just a glimpse light. And then we were surrounding, sitting on this light to listen to the story of the grandmother. But then, uh, being a carpenter later, I wanted to know how to lay a bricks so that I can create comfortable classrooms myself. And so this is the story of how I start to become architect. And then as an architect, I recall all of this memory of my childhood, how light will entering a dark place and just change how this place will be. And also ventilation. I was sitting in places that were so hot, you know, more than you will be able to, to learn, to concentrate, to be focused. So I wanted to change all of this. Indeed, I really love how light impacts people's life in a room, but also outside. Architecture and the designs that you've uh, accomplished, certainly on the continent, have been practical, useful, and incredibly important in communities that don't have the money to actually build, you might say, the type of establishments that we would assume are schools in Western culture. How important has it been to make sure that using local supplies and local manpower empowers the community to be proud of what they have produced through your design? First of all, to make it short, I am convinced that everyone deserves comfort. Everyone, not just those that can afford. And then my community couldn't afford. 
So that's why I needed to grow ideas how I can create architecture that respond to the climate conditions, the social economical conditions, and then also thinking about material. So I came across getting the community be part of it. And so this being, it helped to save resources, or let's say it, it helped me to do more with less, create a bigger space, a very complex structure, very high quality structure for my people, introducing less resources. But the thing that it did is to create a sort of identity. People was part of the process and I feel proud about what happened. So if you could see this as like a, a game changing method, then I did it. It was so important to do it because I was totally convinced that I was privileged. I was privileged because I could attend education and I could go to Germany and become architect. And for me, what do you do with this privilege? I wanted to use it for the first for the benefit of my community and now I am there, I am there where I am today. And indeed bringing the community on board is very important uh, across the continent but working in Africa cannot be easy because you have different locations, there is civil war, there's political instability, climate change issues, a variety of armed groups in some places. How carefully yeah. do you have to assess the project you're yeah. working on and you might say the agreement with regional or national authorities to actually produce the types of buildings that would benefit the community. Is it a difficult process to negotiate that with various political uh, bodies? Indeed, the thing is, you know, we cannot say that our world is safe today. And uh, I think even with everything that we know about it, it is important to keep creating. Everyone should contribute to create a better world. And me as architecture, coming from Burkina Faso, in a very from a very remote village, with all of the problems that we know, scarcity, instability, I wanted to contribute because it's my community, it is my country. If I just say it's trouble, it's not working, that is nothing, who will do it honestly for me? No one. Let's be clear. So, Beside the conflict Africa is going through, we need to have young people from this continent who will take seriously all their challenges and transform it to something that benefits the communities. This is the only way I think we will create the sustainable, um, sustainable conditions of living in the continent. This is, I am totally convinced about it. And me as architect, it was for me clear, I have to use the available material but also in the very smart way to create uh, spaces that are inspiring to, for my community, for the country, and that is what I could do. This is how we should just consider working in the continent, but not to be afraid about all of this struggle. This is, if you deal with it, that's how you will grow and will, you make the difference. And that's what I have done without knowing that I was doing something that will have a, a bigger impact. And of course, you've managed to solve that problem of making the school environment and the school experience a, a very enriching one for many children on the African continent. You see Africa as an opportunity to progress the issue and the beauty of architecture. Why do you think that the West itself sometimes sees Africa as more of a problem than actually seeing it as actually an opportunity? Totally and honestly, Africa is a big, big opportunity. There is a lot that we can do there. And it's, yeah, it's a, a pity that 
the Western world see it in the conflict rather than in, in, some, uh, in something that can contribute uh, to, to the world, to the wealth of the world. Africa is young, let me say it this way. And then I see the continent, so the way that talent is equally distributed around the world. What is missing often is opportunities. And if you give these young people opportunities, then you will see that Africa is a, a basin of talent that can contribute to the growth of the world wealth. And rather than to see it as a problem, I see it as a big opportunity. You know, people are so open to new things. People are so positive, optimistic. Look at the youth, how full of energy they are. If we consider these as being something that is positive, then Africa can, can contribute to create better architecture for our people, but also inspiring architecture for the rest of the world. In terms of uh, some of your projects, I'd just like to focus in on one, uh, which is actually, you know, it was in the UK, the Serpentine Pavilion in the UK. Uh, it's one of the most stunning um, bits of architecture I've seen and has a, has a really interesting, I think, story behind it for our viewers. I mean, not all your design is about the educational experience, it's about the communication experience as well. Absolutely. You know, um, the Serpentine's Pavilion still ring among my projects. It's, uh, uh, by the way, it's going to be um, a library uh, and then a museum in Kuala Lumpur. It is uh, now it's permanently installed there. Now with this project, what I want to tell through my work, and especially the Serpentine Pavilion, is to show the real narrative on Africa. It is a place where you can learn a lot from nature, but also how people can go through daily life with scarcity and just accept it. And so uh, one thing that is important for me is like a tree. And so in London, I just wanted to create inside this beautiful park, Hyde Park, a kind of huge canopy, a tree, but not just mimicking the tree, but creating a design idea how you can collect water. Tree needs water, London is very rich, but why I don't show to the people in London that even a wealthy, a rich country should save energy, should save resources by creating a pavilion that has the capacity to collect water. So um, my approach sometimes is playfully, but then it has a narrative. If you show people ways how architecture can, can do more beside uh, the functional issues, then we're adding a higher value to architecture and that's what I'm trying to do always. Yeah. What is the reaction to your designs from your uh, fellow architect community where they are able to see the practicality of something like a school that you, you built, what, in 2017, helped to build Le Lécy-Sroge uh, Secondary School in Burkina Faso? You know, an amazing structure which was simple to construct, but, yes, ha has attracted children from far and wide to come and study there, yet it, it is another school uh, project, but again built by the community for the community. I have to say again, I mean, I was lucky to be able to do this project. I don't know how <laughs> other architects think about it, but you know, if you, like me, coming from this background that is more than uh, just a privilege, and you create in your own community a school, within the community and with the community and you see the reaction, the positive reaction of your people. You know, sometimes I am the man from Gandu, 
with respectfully, the man from Gando. That is the man from Gando. You know, it's mean. Wow. He did something that is extraordinary. And so I am just so happy about it. Uh, I can't just say, I feel I've been digging in the darkness and I found light that is illuminating many, many other people. This is what I can say. Uh, and that is true, you know, and I want to have more opportunities around the world to deal and create something that is inspiring to people. That's what I'm doing. Uh, uh, winning the Pritzker Prize does actually elevate you into, a, I say, a, a group of very distinguished architects, but it also raises the profile, as, as we know, as being the first African to actually win the prize and highlight the fact that when we think of high art or high architecture, we don't have to look to the West. Do you think people now have to re-look at the way African artists and architects are perceived in Western culture, that those, those, that glass ceiling has been broken? I am happy. If I could contribute to that, I'm very happy. I want to say colonial architecture has something that we have to say something very strong. If you look at it, has a lot of qualities. What is missing to my, me, what I, what I see, to how I see things, is we have been given a structure, but not the brain. We just had a, an object, but not the knowledge how to do it. And so for a long time, this kind of structure is good, it is strong, but it, it didn't really consider or taking truly under account uh, local knowledge or local conditions, especially the social conditions. How do you really integrate all of these to create a building that become an ident identification for people? And so let's say there have been great projects, but the narrative has been give to object, but not the way how people should do it themselves. And that is the thing that I miss. But if I came like me and tried to deal with reality of the site, uh, of people, and create something that it has been seen by many as a game changer, hey, you know, I'm so happy and lucky to be able to contribute. Before you won the Pritzker, um, how difficult was it to, you might say, pitch the idea or sell the idea that this will work and it will make a difference, whether it be a classroom or a library or a housing development or, uh, or a structure in a, in a major park? Before you won this award, life must have been slightly difficult because architecture is a, is a difficult industry to, to pitch and to be successful in. I have been doing this work uh, since I was a student. The truth is really, when I got the chance to start to study in Germany, I decided after two years studying, it must be something compared to bachelor level or even less. I decided to stop to study, but then to do research around Berlin and Brandenburg, which is the, the state around Berlin, to learn all techniques, how buildings have been done before the industrial era, which make Europe becoming the leading force in the world, you know. So I went back to my home to really try to find ideas how I can create something that is like different to what I knew in the West, but also in Burkina Faso. 
So I didn't sit on the desk and imagine to really come with a prototype that will make the big difference. But I tried to go through a process, through studying, and it was a struggle to do that because first you were a student and then you get uh, neglected. People just say, you know, you are too young to do that. Uh, but I didn't have my reality. So I keep pushing and at the end of the day, I faced the reality that I, there was no fund, there was no resources to do that. So what I did is to create a little foundation. Today it still exists. At that time it called uh, Schulbausteiner für Gander e.V., which is German and means an association of, uh, so of, for brickstone for the school in Gander. Now we call it KLA Foundation because with the awareness on my work, friends wanted it to connect the association name with my architectural success. So, but in the beginning, it was not like this. It was very, very difficult to convince in Burkina, my community, but also in the West. People were shocked. Why you as a student, are you going to build a school and not a government or not a powerful European institution? Why you, why you, why me? It is my responsibility for my community and being aware that I have a community and I wanted to contribute and I didn't need to wait to become known or to become rich to do that uh, is what gives me the force and the energy to sustain and to go through all the difficult moments. And I'm telling you, I am so happy that I took this decision as a naive student, that how I have been called at the beginning in the West, uh, in Germany. He's naive, uh, oh, but he's courageous, you know? I just went to do it, and, and that was the best decision in my life. Some of the most unassuming people win major awards, whether it's the Nobel Peace Prize or whether, in your case, it's the Pritzker. Is, is being recognised by a Western awards system slightly annoying that it's taken the award for you to be perhaps better known to a wider audience and that you couldn't have been recognised... Um, it on the global community, even without the award. The, the award has certainly highlighted who you are. Would you have liked to have been highlighted without the award before you even got it? What I have been doing, uh, it was like I did it because I feel I had a duty to my people and I love my people, my community. That is what everyone did. Everyone is connected to a community. And then I was just wanted to help it. To be honest, I didn't thought about uh, award by doing this. Uh, by the way, when I first built the first school, I didn't want to end my study because I never expect someone to hire me as an architect. I wanted to gain knowledge, to go back to Burkina and start to, to improve architecture. I have to say what Prisca has awarded me is courage and then recognition of what I have been doing, which is so great. And then uh, the impact is visible, more people know me nowadays that will not see me without the price and then the good thing is now many many young people in Africa now they don't need to wait to become politician or to become uh, a general with a lot of weapon and go and take over a power to have visibility but they can dig in the dirt like I've been doing and gain world visibility that's what I did and then uh, I would have helped me, you know, this way. So that brings me neatly, really, to my final question, uh, Mr Carer. We have an active and uh, vibrant audience that watch 
Al Jazeera. And uh, you have an opportunity now to perhaps give advice to a generation of young, enthusiastic Africans who might not have the means or the opportunity or the finances to achieve what they want to achieve right here, right now. What's your advice to them? One thing that I can say is that it's important to believe in yourself, really in yourself. You may be, as a young man, a young girl, you may be dealing in a topic where it's difficult to you. But the only thing you need to know, it is you have to believe in yourself and then to believe in that what you're doing. Uh, because it's potentially a new field, no one knows about it. I start to build schools out of mud <laughs> and now it's here. I'm talking to a bigger audience. There is an aspect in what you're doing that the world needs. It's not being seen yet. And then you will just come out with something that no one knew before that will make a big difference. Then you will be very successful. This is what I will give to everyone as an advice. Francis Kerr, the 2022 Pritzker Architecture Prize winner. Thank you for joining us on Talk to Al Jazeera. Thank you very much. Thank you.